Hey everyone, my name is Gordon Light and you are listening to episode number one of the Fit Successful Dad Podcast. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome once again to episode number one of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. And I'm your host, Gordon Light. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. And today's topic, as the name implies, is something uh, that I call pushing through. And I'm going to dissect this a little bit on what I think it means and why I think it's extremely important. And uh, essentially, I consider pushing through to be uh, like breaking down barriers. Okay, it's something we've all been faced with our entire lives, dating back to grade school, right, all the way up to wherever you're at in your life now with parenting and building a business, or maybe you're working a job, a nine-to-five type of job, and you have situations that require you to push through and break through periods where it might be more of a challenge or more of a struggle than other times. Uh, but uh, stepping back from business... I think one of the major areas in the entire world where this is the most prominent is in fitness and diet and and, uh, maintaining health, health maintenance. And I think we all probably have either a story of ourselves or somebody we know where we've witnessed or, or experienced having a obstacle that like a plateau, right? That we just, just didn't have the ability at that time to, to push through. And it's not for lack of work ethic, I guess, it's, but it is lack of motivation. It's finding motivation. And sometimes I think motivation has to be something that is created and it's not always going to be there. So what I mean by that is um, when an obstacle is met, you know, a plateau or something, and it's, it's right there in your face and you've been grinding along for a while and you just can't seem to get past it and you throw up the white flag and say, I just don't have the motivation to do it anymore. Well, I think that that is something that can happen in absolutely any category of anything that you do throughout your entire life, including parenting, including parenting. Sometimes there are days when no matter how much you love your kid, you just are either frustrated Um, maybe it's a result of something they did, or maybe it's something that has nothing to do with the family, but the child has the ability to kind of bring out that frustration. And some days you just want to throw in the white towel and say, look, dude, I do not have it today. Mom, you got to step in because I just, I can't, I can't do this today. You know, but that, that's not something that we can do every day. Or in some cases, that's not, that's not something we can ever do. I know plenty of single parents that if they want to throw a white flag, you know, there could be, there could be some serious repercussions to that. So they, you know, obviously they can't do it. They have responsibility and that's that. And you, that responsibility is something that they use. They may not know it. They may not think about it, but they use that responsibility to foster motivation, to do what they have to do to keep the family alive. Right. Um, like, I guess I mean that literally and kind of metaphorically. But back to 
diet and fitness and health, right? That's that's an area where people often struggle with being able to push through. And it's it go, usually goes like this, right? You, you start off with uh, some kind of diet or some kind of exor- exercise routine or gym routine. And at first, it's a novelty. You're really excited about it. You know, you're going to have all these... These, you have all these grand plans to lose all this weight or drop all this uh, body fat percent or build all this muscle or something. And a week goes by and the first few days were easy because you're excited. Then it starts to get a little harder. And then the weekend comes and you know maybe you allow yourself a cheat meal or something. And the second week starts and then you're back to it and it gets a little bit harder, but you push through. This is your first time you really got to push through. And uh, it's a little bit harder, right? You get through the week, though you do the same thing. Weekend comes, maybe you allow yourself another cheat meal or something. Third week comes. Oh, geez, okay. All right, I gotta do this again. And then you realize that you had this grand plan from the beginning that you were gonna do this for 90 days or something. And um, and you're on week three, right? You're on, you're on day 15 or something. And it, it just, the end looks so far away that... You just don't think you can do it. And instead of finding a way to foster motivation, a lot of people just give up and say, well, uh, you know what? I just, I'm not, it's not worth it to me and I don't have the motivation and the reward's not worth it. It's so, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back to whatever bad diet or fitness habits I, I had. And that's very common, but it's also common in business and I know a lot of entrepreneurs encounter things like, uh, let's say they start a new, well, before I even get into that, entrepreneurs love creating. They love the idea of designing something new. Uh, most entrepreneurs, and I've, I'm finding that through all the masterminds and groups that I'm a part of and all the networking conferences that I've gone to and uh, that that's the common trait. Everyone loves creating new things. Everyone loves ideas and everyone loves taking, in general, everyone loves taking initial action on those ideas. But what happens when it gets difficult? When things get difficult, what happens? A lot of times they abandon the project or they try to outsource it and it goes haywire, never really gets completed the way they wanted it to. And the reason for that is it usually just comes down to motivation. It comes down to the drive to push through and get these things done the way that they should be done, the way that you know deep down they need to get done. And so how, what do you do now? What do you do when you have no motivation? <laughs> what do you do when you have no drive anymore? It was so exciting in the beginning and you had all this opportunity and you were even willing to take major risks in the beginning, financial risks or whatever. But now... Now that it's difficult and you don't see a clear path, all of a sudden the motivation's gone. What do you do? Right? This is why most entrepreneurs fail, and this is why most small businesses fail, and this is why really anything that's difficult in life, getting great at anything, being like highly successful in anything, it doesn't happen quickly and it doesn't happen often. And uh, a few other examples. Let's uh, saving money is a major example, right? People who work a nine to five job. I'm one of them. I worked a nine to five job. Uh, I still work a nine to five job. And in the beginning, saving money was difficult. It was fine for a week or two, but then I would see the next shiny object that would draw my attention that I had to have, and all of a sudden, yeah, okay, 
all right, let's throw it on the old visa and see what happens. Saving money was hard um, at first, and it's because there was no instant gratification, right? All I saw was more dollars in my bank account, and there's a there's kind of an addictive thing to spending money. I think we can all agree on that. And so it was hard to just go without buying new stuff and keep stocking this money away when I didn't actually see or feel any different as a result. Whereas I see and feel different when I buy something like most people. And uh, another example is learning a new instrument uh, or a sport or something, uh, art maybe, or any kind of real hobby that requires a lot of um, focused skill for a long period of time. So I'm a musician. I've been playing the guitar now for about 20 years and the drums for about 16 years. And I've, so I put in the time, but along the way I've met a lot of people that would see me playing or see somebody else playing and they think they want to play the guitar or they think they want to play an instrument and they buy an instrument or in some cases borrow one, but usually buy an instrument. And they might learn a couple of chords or a few notes or something, you know, some little tune that's really easy that every beginner learns. And after they try to learn a secondary or a third technique and they realize, oh, I don't have the muscle memory for that yet. And this is really hard. This is going to take a few hours of practice to start to get it down. Well, that is the first time it presents difficulty. And that's usually when people quit. And that's just the way it goes. Same with sports. Um, that's, you know, when you're not, I'm going to use hockey as an example, when you're not making wrist shots from, from the face-off circle <laughs> every time during practice, like your best friend is, uh, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, he, you know, he's put in, uh, tens of, of hours or hundreds of hours working on that. And I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, I think I'm all done. And you know, that's, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about myself and it goes back to college time frame, and it has to do with how I developed the ability to push through barriers and push through obstacles and how I think that that one experience that I had has led to everything that I've been successful in since then. And it starts with me when I was in college, um, I was 245 pounds when I graduated in 2008, and I was just a hair under six feet tall. Now, six feet, 245 pounds uh, for a college kid who's just sitting around doing his math homework. I was an engineering major. Uh, Not good. (laughs) It wasn't a good place to be. I was living the college lifestyle. I was drinking a lot of beer, eating a lot of pizza uh, late at night, you know, carbo load right before bed. Not good. And... When I graduated, I was actually engaged and to my uh, now wife, and uh, shortly after graduating, I got married, and that was uh, a monumental period of, of time in my life, but at, while I was going through all of that, I, I remember looking at myself in the mirror, like physically looking at myself, and just kind of being appalled with how I let myself go. Um, I never saw myself getting to that point and it it just it was such a slow crawl and because it was not overnight I uh, had a hard time like seeing the slow progression of myself getting to that point but seeing myself after I graduated I just I had a few I don't know I had a moment where I just 
saw everything that I, all the bad decisions that I had made nutritionally and health wise over the past four or five years and what they've culminated and, and, and turned into, I saw that for the first time. And I was, again, like I said, appalled and I decided to make a change. Now, this was the moment when I, I actually decided that was the change that was going to happen and it was going to happen right then. And there was not going to be any other path. So like everybody else who's ever gone through this, I started a diet routine. I started a gym routine and I did not deviate from it. First week, very hard. Second week, a lot harder. Third week, even harder. And it got progressively harder for a while until I hit about the fifth or sixth week. And the thing is, I, I was focused and my wife was there supporting me. So there were no cheat meals along the way. And there was no, no deviating from it. And after that fifth or sixth week, something happened. And I was able to kick on the jets a little bit and absolutely crush that plateau. I was able to kind of step it up a notch and all the hard work that I was putting in those first five or six weeks, well, I, I doubled it just about. I was hitting the gym more. I was eating even better. And I was like dialing my macronutrients down. And I had, um, I had this, this perfect like calorie to protein to carbohydrate uh, to fat ratio going. And I had target body fat percentiles. And, and uh, the thing is, Setting all those objectives was a tool that I used, but what the thing, what the, what the real takeaway is that I was able to dig my heels in and, and just push through, and that was like what I needed to do. I I created that motivation. So a few months later, you know, four months after I started, I was down like forty pounds, and then uh, four months after that, I was down another twenty, and then four months after that, I was down another fifteen or twenty altogether. I lost um, over 70 pounds and I got myself to a state where my body actually wanted to be. It was, uh, you know, my body wasn't happy being at 245 pounds, but it all came down to pushing through those barriers. And I realized that, that that was something that was probably deep down in me anyway. I just had to, I just had to kind of bring it out to the surface. So I, I then took that and realized, well, maybe everybody has this op- this ability to create motivation. And uh, I believe that. I still believe that. Um, I believed it then and I believe it now. So from there, I went on to do a few more things. I got a master's degree and that took its own set of work ethic and pushing through barriers because I was working full time and uh, around the middle, uh, my wife and I decided to have a, a child. So we you know, we were dealing with that and I bought a house and there were some other things going on. So it was, it was a lot of work for sure, balancing everything. But, um, from there I created my first business and while that was going on and it's still going on, I built a second business and that's still being built. And then I also decided that I'm going to create a podcast and which is what I'm doing right now. And all these things start as an idea and they start off like this awesome concept that 
allows me to be super creative and do all these cool things. But then the reality sets in that, you know, it takes hours of work, tens of hours, hundreds of hours of work to do these things. It takes uh, some kind of seed money of some sort. It takes a strategy that often needs refining by other people. So you need mentors and hopefully masterminds and coaches to help you out along the way. And by the way, if you're not doing that, you should absolutely seek a mentor or a coach in anything that you're doing. Uh, We will talk about that another time, but I just want to slip that in there. So, um, you know, as, as I'm going along here doing all these things, I'm also following other successful entrepreneurs and I'm trying to model myself a little bit after some of the things that they've done. And the biggest takeaway is this work ethic, like kind of grind, which is why this is episode number one of the Fit Successful Dad podcast is this topic. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it pushing through because I, in my head, I imagine it as this giant physical barrier uh, that you kind of have to just like put your head down, put your shoulder down and get low and just like literally push through it and break it down. As soon as you break it down, well, there's like a whole field of green grass over there and you know, the grass is greener and you trudge along. And as you trudge along, the grass uh, is no longer as green after a while. And then, you know, you keep looking down the horizon and you see another barrier and you have to once again, get low, put your shoulder down and break through that barrier as well. That's, that's how I see the path to anything that you want to be successful in. And I, that was my big takeaway following every entrepreneur and every successful business person that I've ever followed. And my son is five now. Uh, he, he has, um, a wild personality. He's great. He's awesome. I love him. And I, it's my responsibility to teach him all the things that I've learned and pass on the wisdom and the teachings and the, uh, the morals and values and ethics and all the things that I find important, it's my responsibility to pass those along to him. And, and if I do a good enough job, you know, I can hopefully instill some of them, them in him so that he can then carry those out and become the man that he's eventually going to be. And one of the ones that I've been very, I've been very focused on teaching him from day one is, is hard work is failure and then recovering from failure basically. And, uh, so a quick story about him. He plays hockey. He's been playing hockey since he was, um, three and he's been, he's been skating since he was two, but he's been playing hockey since he was three. And like all kids in sports, he, and I won't even, it's not even just sports, but sports in particular, he hates losing. He does not like losing, especially at this point. He's been playing hockey long enough that he does not like losing. He does not like being scored on. He doesn't like being out stick handled. He doesn't like losing a a battle or uh, someone out skating him. So when it happens, uh, you know, and he gets beat and he's, he's, his uh, attitude is, you know, he's kind of down in the dump sometimes if it's a, a play that he messes up on or whatever. Uh, you know, then it's, it's my job to obviously encourage him to, you know, it's, uh, you know, do better next time. Just keep practicing kiddo, keep your head up and all that. But it's also my job, I think, and this is how I approach it is to teach him that, Hey, you know, that, that kid did this better than you. So what are you going to do? You know, he beat you. He's better than you. Now it's your job to 
understand how he's better than you, understand how you failed in that play and how you can recover from it and what you need to work on to not experience that next time. And, you know, some, some people see this as a little bit over the top. Um, I'm kind of making it sound a little more dramatic than it is, but it's, this is, this is the reality. So he loves the sport and uh, this is not a situation of me living through my glory days. I didn't grow up playing hockey or anything. So this is a sport that my son plays and he absolutely loves it. I think I could take away every toy that he's ever been given. And as long as he could still play hockey, I think he'd be fine. That's the type of, you know, just to give you some perspective on, on who he, how he is and who he is and what his personality is like. But as far as, as teaching and encouraging him to break through barriers happens all the time. And I have to constantly remind him that, you know, you have to fail sometimes 50, a hundred times before you get it right. And then once you get it right once, you might fail another 50 times and you'll get it right a second time. And you might do that over and over again, but eventually, you know, you'll, you'll nail it right twice in a row, three times in a row, or, or maybe, you know, every time after that. And the same applies in uh, just about everything. I'm going to, I'm going to tie it back around here because in business, this, like as they've tested me and as they've tested just about, well, literally every other entrepreneur. And the thing is, sometimes it comes in the form of financial. Sometimes it comes in the form of uh, something simple, like just a strategy change, like a marketing change or an advertisement change. And, and, the, and there's usually some kind of risk involved, but oftentimes it comes, it's like clarity and understanding and experience. So with my first brand, I had a situation where I was doing okay. I was I was operating essentially at cost and I kind of knew what it was going to take to to move up to the next level and I didn't want to do it. I wasn't motivated to do it. But I had all this inventory. Uh, I didn't really have the, the additional funding that I wanted to move up to the next level, but I I I sat on it long enough and I, I didn't liquidate or anything and back myself out of the brand like I might have done when I was younger just to kind of rid myself of it and remove some of the stress. Instead, I, I had a moment of clarity and I decided I was going to get motivated and I was going to move up to the next level with this. And I put in the investment and I put in the extra hours that were necessary in order to um, strategize my brand and so that I, I positioned it in a place where I could get the appropriate eyes on it and I could get the appropriate traffic and subsequently the appropriate sales that ultimately led to more money, which allowed me to not only continue breaking even, but then I started to actually make hundreds and then eventually into the thousands. So it was, it was awesome. You know, it was a success for me at the time, but it took that additional drive of motivation. Now that drive came in the form of, uh, obviously willingness on my part to put in the time, but it also came in the form of willingness to put in the money. And I think this is a characteristic that everybody has deep down. And for all of us entrepreneurial parents, I think it's something that is probably uh, on the, the higher order of importance to be uh, passed down to our kids. So you know, I, I know for one that when this particular brand was, you know, I made this, this pivotal change and I uh, positioned it and ended up getting more sales and you know I considered it a success. I ended up passing all that information down 
to my son and I told him about it. I mean, he's five, so he's not retaining everything. He's not this, you know, he's not this prodigy kid or anything, but I was telling him all this basically in kids terms that, Hey, uh, you know, I made this change in my, my company and I I've got a lot of customers now and I've, you know, I'm getting, they're paying me for these things now. And, you know, I, I told it to him in a way that made sense to him and we celebrated and he's asked me questions in the form that you would imagine a five-year-old would ask questions about this kind of thing. And essentially what it came down to was me explaining to him that I created this brand from nothing. This brand did not exist and I created it because I wanted to bring something to the fitness community that was a little bit different. And he knows that at this point that I'm, I'm passionate about fitness. It's a big part of my life and that I wanted to build something in that, uh, that category, in that space. And he gets it. And he also doesn't know anyone else who does that. So, you know, he, he knows that his friend's dad works for a construction company and his other friend's dad is a, is a police officer and his other friend's dad works at a factory or whatever. And he doesn't have anyone to relate it to, but it doesn't stop him from thinking it's cool. And I've also had to explain that sometimes people have this desire to create things and carve their own path rather than just go get a job that somebody else has waiting for them. And I think he's starting to get that too. So it's, and it, you know, there's a long way to go here, but he's definitely picking up on it. And I'm not trying to mold him to be any particular type of person specific, necessarily or specifically, but I am trying to teach him the things that I think are important. And one of those things that I find crucially important is that you don't have to follow the exact same path as everybody else. And I grew up a relatively normal childhood, and then I went off to college, and I got a degree, and I graduated, got a job, and then I got a master's degree, and I just kept getting promoted, and I'm, to some people, living the American dream. I'm doing all the things that some people think you need to do. I think that I'm a textbook example of the right thing to do. And I couldn't be more bored in some ways, as far as my, my full-time job goes. And I couldn't be any less fulfilled day in and day out. So I'm perfectly comfortable saying that. And I want my son to understand that going into the workforce and working for somebody else is absolutely not your only option. That's the biggest takeaway. If he goes that route, like most parents, I'm okay with it. He can do whatever he wants. It's his life, not mine. But I want to present him with options. Especially, I want him to. I want to present him with the understanding that I was never presented with growing up. In that there are ways to carve your own path, and you do not have to follow the route of academia that leads right into a professional career straight out of college. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. And listen, if you think that the concept of the Fit Successful Dad podcast and the content that you've heard so far is interesting and you're a fan of the show, uh, first of all, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And if you have time, could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? I am trying so hard to reach out to other entrepreneurs and people who are interested in entrepreneurship who are also parents. And I want to kind of get them to rally together and, and know and also demonstrate for others that 
just because you are a parent and you've got all these responsibilities does not mean you have to give up on your dream. It does not mean that you have to kind of shelf or table everything else until your kid's out of the house. That you can do both and you can use them to feed off of each other and achieve greater success in both categories. I truly believe that. It's one of my core beliefs and I'm living it right now, today, and I want to kind of spread the word. So I'm trying to reach as many entrepreneurs and your review on iTunes would really, really help me do that. I also encourage you to head over to the website. It's at fitsuccessfuldad.com. You can read our blog and read up more about what we're all about. And you can also find a way to contact me directly uh, through the website. Um, Additionally, the URL and the email address to reach me uh, will be in the show notes for this podcast. So once again, thank you so much. And I will talk to you on the next episode.